Ladies, what would make your lives easier? How about a supplement that contains science-backed herbal extracts that help support hormonal health, especially in women who suffer from PMS and sometimes... I be suffering. You need to try Astro Control by Happy Mammoth. It helps ease PMS. The ingredients help support the liver. That's where our hormones get processed, especially estrogen. So when the estrogen isn't processed well in our liver, women may start having PMS, spots on the skins, they get cravings and feel all over the place. It's science, girlies. I love that it helps my body detox and it helps me stay energized. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com with promo code POPTALKS at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use promo code POPTALKS for 15% off your first order. Hello and welcome to another episode of Morgan's Pop Talks, bringing down the latest in reality TV and pop culture. Let me make sure my levels are good. Just going to turn myself down a little bit so I'm not screaming at you. You know, however you're consuming this podcast. I hope we had a fantastic Valentine's Day. I came home from work yesterday and David and I were so annoying. You guys, honestly, we're so annoying. Coming home from work and giving my husband a hug is like my favorite part of the day, truly. We just are two little peas in a pod, and we're just excited. I'm like, hey, we always say Angel Angel Bear. Hi, Angel Bear, because that's what my five-year-old niece says, so obviously that's what we call each other now. So we walk in the door, hi, Angel Bear, and we give each other a big hug. And he says to me, Lila's. And I'm like, who's Lila? I'm like, Lila's. I, I was literally looking at him like, Lila? Who's Lila? He's like, Lila's. I was like, are you trying to say something to me? I have no idea what you're trying to communicate with Lila's. And he was like getting so frustrated. He was like, what you say on your podcast? <laughs> and I was like, I don't know why. I mean, it's just an acronym, right? L-Y-L-A-S. I don't know why I always view it as Lilas. I mean, that's the Northeast Ohioan in me, right? It's not mom. It's not mom and dad. It's mom and dad and Lilas. Lilas. And he was just Lilas, Lilas. And I'm like, okay, well, I hope you don't love me like a sis because I'm your wife. And that would be a little weird. But that's how I spent my Valentine's Day trying to figure out what the heck my husband was trying to say to me. So I hope you had a fantastic one. Another part of the little top of the show word vomit, which somebody told me the other day in the DMs that this was their favorite part of the show. And I was like, if that's the case, I need to do better stuff because this stuff just flows out of me. I almost feel like it's nervous energy, you know, first date kind of nervous. Like that's what it feels like to me. Anyways, I'm watching on the YouTube feed because you know you guys can also watch the show on YouTube. You just search Morgan's Pop Talks. And I have my hair up in a pony. And I need to know if the um I I call them sideburns, but on my TikTok, someone called them wisps on the hair. Are we still wisping, ladies, millennials, girls? Are we? I know the slick is in, right? Like you're supposed to really slick it back, but I look like an alien without my wisps, without my sideburns, but I also don't want to look chuggy because you're not supposed to look chuggy. 
in 2024. So clearly just having a bit of an existential crisis at the moment. So if you can let me know, you can DM me, let me know what you think about the wisps. You can comment on the YouTube. Let me know. Sideburns still in out. Anyways, that's it. That's it for the word vomit. Let's get into the pop three. Biggest headlines in reality TV and pop culture. We're going to talk about it all. Everything from Bravo to The Bachelor while I fix my wisps because now they're all messed up. Bravo, The Bachelor, the Super Bowl. We're going to do it all, but let's start with the big announcement. We talked about this last week. What was going on with the Real Housewives of Atlanta? Portia Williams is coming back to season 16. Now, last week, we were all up in arms because Candy Burris was announcing that she was leaving. So we're on the roller coaster. High highs, low lows. So Portia made the announcement on her Instagram. Um, NBC, Universal, and Bravo also made an official announcement. I'm going to read what Portia said in a statement to Bravo first. She says, I'm incredibly thankful for the vision and faith NBC Universal has put in me to be a larger part of their family. I'm looking forward to being back on the Real Housewives of Atlanta and showing my and showing the world my new world. So not only do they, not only are they bringing her back for season 16. But they made this whole new deal with her that she's not just limited to this Atlanta return. She's going to do additional scripted projects for them. So it's it's like a, a big deal. So Bravo said, Bravo announces that Portia Williams Gabadia will make her highly anticipated. But we just said that she has also entered into an overall scripted talent deal with NBC Universal Entertainment under the terms of the deal. She will partner exclusively with NBC Universal Entertainment for scripted project opportunities across the company's broadcast and streaming properties. As a fan favorite, she previously spent nine seasons as part of the hit franchise from season five through 13. I mean, we watched Portia split from her ex-husband, Cordell Stewart. We saw her date the hot dog man, Dennis. We saw her welcome her now four-year-old daughter, Pilar. Um, But the fact, I mean, they are really putting a lot of their eggs in Portia's basket. I'm curious. I I don't want to say I'm curious to know why. I mean, I know why. She makes amazing reality television. She is so entertaining. She's such a captivating figure, I think, on TV. But I I do also think that some stuff is happening at Bravo. There's some shifts being made. Um, It recently was confirmed this week that Winter House was paused. Paige was on her Instagram story and she said, Um, that it was canceled. It depends who you ask, right? In 2024, I feel like they're going to say every show is paused when they're canceled. You know, like we'll see if Winterhouse comes back. I'm not really mad about Winterhouse being paused or canceled, even though you guys know I told you that. I gave you that exclusive weeks ago. But anyways, it just, it was like a, um, brainless watch. You know, I really wasn't super invested. The only thing I was really invested in this season was um, stuff to deal with Tom Schwartz, obviously, because it was peak Scandaval. But yeah, it seems like they're just switching gear. They're making moves. Like, I don't know what moves, (laughs) but they are making moves. So her castmates are responding. Kenya wrote, come on, sweet 16 with a bunch of exclamations. Now, I think this is an interesting time for Portia to come back because Portia left under different circumstances. You know, Portia left the show um, because she had become engaged 
to um, Simon, who at one point was married to Fallon, who was a friend of of the show, right? So she was really running away from that. I'm using air quotes here, man stealer narrative, because we could all see the writing on the wall with that, right? If she were to come back the next season, married to Simon, that's definitely what people were going to throw at her. I think Portia coming back is so good. I mean, obviously fans are super excited. Bravo is loving a return moment, right? They had Heather Dubrow come back to OC. They had Taylor Armstrong come out in, in a friend role, but still come back. Now they're having Portia. Who's next? Phaedra Parks. I'm just, I don't know that for certain, but I'm just feeling it. Now that Candy's gone, and I know a lot of people have opinions about Phaedra, and your opinions are valid. People are all over the place with her. But Candy being gone and Phaedra having a moment on the Traders, which we're going to talk about later, which she is having a moment. People love her on the show. I think Phaedra is going to come back. Let's move on to headline number two. We're going to talk about Super Bowl viral moments. Hodgepodge, if you will. Let's start with truly life-changing experience, the Usher halftime show. There will be absolutely no Usher slander in my circle. So if you're a sister, if I love you like a sister, you're not going to slander Usher and his Super Bowl halftime show performance because I just don't understand what people expect of these people. Like, like every year we get on Facebook and it's like, I hate the halftime show. These people suck. Where's Hall and Oates? You know, like that type of commentary. But Usher, I mean, my God, is he a performer? And he still, he still looks good. Let me tell you, Usher, Usher Raymond looked good in his blades. He was blading for his life. Actually, he was skating. There's the difference. The roller blades are like the straight line, right? And the skates are for, I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because he was on roller skates, blades. I don't know. There were some mishaps, I think, with the halftime show performance, but that didn't make it a bad performance. I think right out the gate, his microphone was too low, right? We couldn't hear him. I didn't love him starting with Caught Up. I feel like it should have been, I said this already on my page, but it should have been a banger. Like Caught Up is a banger. I'm so caught up. Got me feeling it. Caught Up. But it's not like, Oh my gosh. Like you have to set the atmosphere, right? Imagine all the lights are down. You don't know where Usher is. And it's like, because you know, that's how the song starts. Oh my God. I did it again. So I'm going to let the beat drop, you know, and you still don't know where he is. And then it goes to baby, let me love you down. And all of a sudden he's dropping from the sky, you know, like jumping off the top of Allegiant Stadium. Baby, let me love you down. Free falling. Free falling into the Chiefs' sideline. That's what I wanted to see. Um, So that was the thing. We also set ourselves up for major disappointment with Justin Bieber. We all thought Justin Bieber was going to come out and go, I just need somebody to love. You know, and they were going to do their little choreographed thing that they did when Justin Bieber was 12 years old. They didn't. And that was disappointing. I was so in it. I was so in the thick of it when Usher came out in that blue and black sparkle suit. I literally said out out loud, that's a Justin Bieber outfit. That's a Justin Bieber outfit. And Justin Bieber's getting ready to come out. And then he didn't. And 
Um, it took away from me being able to enjoy Luda and Lil John because I was just waiting for Justin Bieber. So apparently Usher asked Justin and he just didn't feel like it was his response. And after seeing him in the suite, we can tell. We can tell Justin Bieber is just not feeling anything right now. You know, like he's looking a little rough, to be completely honest with you. He's looking a little rough. It feels like he doesn't feel like doing a lot of anything at the moment, which is fine. He has the luxury of being able to take a couple years off. The rest of us. Not so much. Can we talk about the Kardashians suite? All the rich people got the suites, right? Travis Kelsey paid for Taylor and all of her friends and family. The Kardashians had a suite. And it looked like they were at a funeral. They all were sitting three seats apart from each other. They all looked like they were on their phones the entire time. They, I mean, there was not one photograph snapped of them cheering of them even looking at another human being in their suite. It literally looked like they were stranded on a deserted island. Like they were the cast of Lost waiting for someone to beam them up. And I'm like, you guys, are you not having any fun at the Super Bowl? I heard Devin Booker was in the suite with Kendall Jenner, which raises some suspicions. If I'm not getting back together with my ex, he's not sitting in the Super Bowl suite with me. I mean, I would never have the luxury of being in a Super Bowl suite, but maybe they're getting back together. Anywho, let's talk about Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. Where do I want to start? Oh God, I don't know. Um, Let's do the good first, the bad second, and then we'll move on. Okay. The good. These people are in love. Did you hear the NFL audio that was released? They were hugging Taylor was as giddy as a little schoolgirl. It's like a schoolgirl on Valentine's Day where you know you're going to get a Valentine from your crush. And you're like, <laughs> like that's literally, they were hugging and it, it was muffled a little bit. <laughs> How did you do that? <laughs> that was Taylor Swift on Allegiant Field hugging Travis Kelsey. And, you know, I was here for it. I love love. They're kissing. They're hugging. They're making out. You know, they were clubbing with Taylor's parents at the after party. Also loved it. I feel like Taylor Swift is just letting her hair down a little bit. And we love to see it. Now, the bad news. You guys know that I do this with love in my heart, right? Truly. Love and light. But Travis Kelsey gives me the ick sometimes. Actually. Like, more often times than not, Travis Kelsey gives me the ick. It was the Viva Las Vegas. Viva Las Vegas. You know, and his burly beard singing Viva Las Vegas and singing You Gotta Fight for the Right to Party. Like, half the time I can't understand the words that are coming out of his mouth. The other half of the time he's he's singing these chants like a frat boy. And then the other... Time he's screaming at Andy Reid. He he about gave that man a heart attack. That poor man, a heart attack. Now, I didn't listen to the New Heights podcast, but I did see a article. I'm trying to pull it up quickly. That Travis did say that he crossed the line, right? When he um, body checked Andy Reid on the sideline. Let me see. Travis Kelsey, Andy Reid. Look, it was the top of my searches because 
I've been searching it. Travis Kelsey says the Super Bowl sideline scuffle with Coach Andy Reid was definitely unacceptable. He says, it wasn't me mad at Coach Reid as it looks. It was the frustration of our team not having success, turning the ball over, and me being on the sidelines. Don't really care. And let me tell you, the people in my DMs that are like, that's just football. Get a grip. You don't knock over the elderly because of a football game, okay? Anyways. Hot takes of the day. Let's move. You want to support the pod? Support our sponsors. Today's sponsor is Factor Meals, and you can get 50% off by visiting factormeals.com slash poptalks50 and use promo code poptalks50. If you have listened to the show for a while, you know that I am not a cook. So Factor's ready-to-eat meals are perfect for me and my busy lifestyle and, quite honestly, my lazy nights. There's no prep, no mess meals. They are 100% ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Can I get a hallelujah? Factor meals are pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie, and more. Head to factormeals.com slash poptalks50 and use code poptalks50 to get 50% off. That's code poptalks50 at factormeals.com slash poptalks50 to get 50% off. On to headline number three, some Bachelor Nation drama. Maria versus Sydney has everybody up in arms, up in a tizzy. We had a two-for-one special, not just on the date. Also, when it came to uh, Bachelor episodes this week, I will tell you, I've only watched episode one. Four hours of Bachelor content is a lot to get through in, in one week. I will recap the second episode on the Patreon on Friday. But we're going to talk about Maria and Sydney, the dreaded two-on-one, Sydney and Maria rivals stranded on a boat in Malta. And, you know, Maria is like begging Joey, Joey, please take me to Sicily. Just dump me there. Put me out of my misery. It's a 30-minute boat ride. Get me out of here. I can't be sit here on this boat with Sydney in Malta. Sydney calls her the devil. She's like spending the whole day with Maria. Is like spending the whole day with the devil. And Joey's like, I don't know what's going on. They never do. Do they ever? Does the bachelor ever know what's going on when it comes to the drama in the house with the ladies? No. He says, I just don't know who's telling the truth. Is Maria actually a bully or is Sydney making something bigger than she needed to? It's the latter. But of course, we get both sides of the story. He talked to Sydney first. And Sydney says, when you left the pool party, all hell broke loose. Maria started attacking me in front of the group. If Sydney loves one thing, it is using the word attack and it is high ponytails. If Sydney's on the screen for five minutes, she's got that high pony, the higher the pony, the closer to God. And she's talking about how she was attacked. And that is her character arc on this show. And then she says that Maria told Leah to shut up. You know, I don't know what's happening here. Joe, I, I know I'm giving Joey crap for not knowing. I don't even know what's going on. Maria's like, no, that's actually not what happened. Fake news. And Maria is just like exhausted of all emotion at this point. She's like, I cannot continue to be on this cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs train 
where Sydney is the conductor. Get me out of here. You know, so they have a little confrontation. She's like, you're making up stuff about me around the clock, 24-7. Girl, keep my name out of your mouth. Are you obsessed? Mariah Carey, why are you so obsessed with me? Sydney, I want to know. Okay, that was three times that I sang today. Can't guarantee that I won't do it again. But I think that's a record, an MPT record. But Maria says, like, you know, we're on camera, dude. Roll the tapes. She's telling production, roll the tapes. They don't. And I think... Like what I've seen coming in this next episode, which I haven't seen it yet, so don't come for me, but multiple people have issues with Maria. And I'm just wondering, like, typically I'm team Maria. Trust me, you don't have to worry about that. But typically when more than one person has an issue, like that is alarm bells are going off. Like, what are we missing? Are we missing something? Please tell me we're missing something. I mean, Joey spends the whole day with Maria and Sydney in the thick of this drama, stuck on a boat in the middle of Malta, where Maria is just considering throwing herself overboard at any given moment. She's like, can I swim from Malta to Sicily to get out of this American horror story? It's the worst date ever. Nobody is having any fun. And Joey is like, do you guys struggle on boats in the middle of the Mediterranean Sea with your arch nemesis? You know, and they're like, <laughs> best day ever, you know, and they're just literally looking like they're going to lose their mind at any second. And then we get to the night portion, this whole day of drama. And Joey says to them, I forgot to ask you both one very important question. Do you like me? And they're like, what? What are you talking about? Sydney's like, yes, Joey, I love you. I love you. I wouldn't be here if I didn't love you. I wouldn't be dancing with the devil in Malta if I didn't love you. And Maria's like, well, I'm reconsidering. You know, like she's not having it. She's playing hardball. And he ends up giving the rose to Maria, I think because she's playing a little bit hardball. You know, Sydney's like groveling at this point. And Maria's like, I don't know. I don't know about all this. We didn't have any doubt that he was going to give the rose to Maria. But I mean, then this random lady comes in and she starts singing Ave Maria. Production was like telephoning down Joey. We need you to give the rose to Maria no matter what, because we paid this random lady to sing this song. It's the only one she knows. What would they have done if it would have been Sydney? I'm trying to think of a song that has Sydney in it. And I, the only thing I'm thinking of is the, I come from a land down under. And I don't think they would sing that. I don't. And then of course they go get the luggage pulls it, And everyone's like, <gasps> sorry. It literally makes me choke. Like the gas were that big. <gasps> like it makes my throat hurt. They were gasping. So like tears streaming down their face for Sydney. She must've been really beloved. What didn't we see? What didn't we see? It was crazy. It was crazy. I'm loving it, though. I love this petty drama. Entertain me, people. They're entertaining me. So like I said, we're going to recap part two on the Patreon this Friday. But let's get into the deep dive. And this week, it's a two for one special when it comes to the deep dive. This week, it's from Alyssa. Hey, Morgan, this is Alyssa from April, Texas. I would love you to do a deep dive on Larsa and Marcus's split. And of course, your thoughts on the season of the traders, because I am obsessed. Your Patreon and podcast is literally my favorite part of the week. I thank you so much uh, for putting it out and keeping us entertained. Love you like a sis. Alyssa, 
love you like a sis, a Patreon girly. Are my favorite girlies. We love to see it. And I am glad that you enjoy it. Patreon is where it at. People, subscribe. Let's talk about Marcus and Larsa first, and then we'll get into the trainers. So they've split after a year. Um, there was all kinds of stuff going on on Instagram. Larsa, queen of social media, like leaving no crumbs, making it very obvious that they broke up. First, she posted something like, should your friends follow an ex? Yes or no? We were all like, rut row shaggy, you know, something's afoot. And then we realized that she had no pictures of Marcus, which we're talking about the same woman, grown woman who threw a welcome home party for him after he had been gone five days. As someone who went through a cross-continental long-distance relationship, I took offense to that welcome home party. Five days. Five days wiped it clean. She wasn't following him. Then of course we go to Marcus's page. He wasn't following her and he was with his dad, the man, Michael Jordan, who, if you don't know, there's some drama there. Larsa was obviously married to Scottie Pippen, who was a teammate of Michael Jordan, whose son is Marcus Jordan. Scottie and Michael did not get along. They played together in the nineties. Scotty Pippen has one set of Michael Jordan. This is what he said. I've seen Michael Jordan play before I came to the Bulls. You guys have seen him play. He was a horrible player. He was horrible to play with. It was all one-on-one shooting bad shots. So, you know, just a lot of basketball beef between Scotty and Michael. And I don't know for certain, but I think that one of the next upcoming episodes, if it's not tonight's episode, of Miami talks about Michael vocally not approving of Marcus's relationship with Larsa. There is a 16 year age gap. She's 49. He's 33, but they are denying that it has anything to do with family drama. So a source told people they've decided to take some time apart to reevaluate their relationship. This has nothing to do with any input, any family input, but solely for their personal growth. I'm like, I don't buy that for a second. It might not be the complete and total reason, but it's definitely a contributing factor. I also saw Julia, who's also on the Real Housewives of Miami, say something about Larsa having jealous tendencies. Let me look this up too, because things are just popping into my mind that are not on my notes. And I need to make sure that I'm giving you guys correct information. Larsa jealousy. Let's see what pops up here. Look at me. My brain is like a Bravo vault. I do not get anything wrong. Real Housewives of Miami's Julia calls Larsa very jealous after split from Marcus Jordan. Very jealous behavior. She said, relationships are a hard thing. And we know Larsa is very jealous. Adding that she was just speculating about their breakup on the virtual reality reality podcast. She says, I hope if it's true, she's not too heartbroken because even though we have our differences, if the breakup is true, I feel really, really bad for her because she was really in love. She was really in love. And this is going to lead me into the traders portion of the show. I didn't have a lot of um, exposure to Marcus and Larsa before the traders. Of course, we got a little bit of it on Miami, but A lot more of it we got on the traders, and I actually really enjoyed them on the traders. 
Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. I enjoyed Marcus. I feel like I saw a different side to Larsa on the trader. She wasn't as annoying as she usually is. Um, she actually played, played the game pretty well. And uh, Marcus, too, was like just a cool, relaxed guy. Everybody seemed to like him. And so seeing them personally in a different light, I liked them together. Now, strategically speaking, being a couple on a show like The Traders is never going to work out for you. Like you guys both aren't going to win. So it was definitely going to be one or the other. But am I surprised by this split? No, I'm really not. I'm not. So we'll see what happens next with Miss Larsa. Let's move into the second part of the deep dive, The Traders. You guys, if you're not watching The Traders, what are you doing? It's the best show on television. Remember when you were in seventh grade and you used to play Heads Up, Seven Up? You used to put your head on the desk and you used to peek at the bottom to see whose shoes that it was, but you wouldn't tell anybody that you were cheating, but somebody would come around and they would tap you on the head and only a couple of people got tapped on the head. And then you'd put your head up and you'd have to guess who tapped you on the head, but you already knew because you saw their shoes. That's pretty much this game. But for like, I don't, I don't know how much it is. 250,000, hundred grand. I don't know. Anyways, it's mafia. There are three traders and you know who they are from the beginning of the game. It's um, Dan from Big Brother, Phaedra, and Parvati, Survivor, Icon, Legend. The point of the show is for the faithfuls to find out who the traders are. But obviously the traders, they're murdering people off. Um, the faithfuls and the traders, they have round tables where they have to banish people. And the point of a banishment is to find a trader, right? The only trader that has been caught, spoiler alert, if you're not up to date yet, but I don't know how you could not be up to date if you are on the internet at all. But Dan is the only trader that has been caught. And Peter Weber, former bachelor, one of the worst bachelors of all time when it comes to success rate, right, um, is like crushing this season of the traders. He's really like spearheading it. He caught Dan. He's on to poverty. Um, this is what happened. So we're going to talk a lot of um, traders terminology here. Okay. So they do these competitive um, challenges for money and for shields. So there will be like two shields per challenge, right? And you have to like go above and beyond to get a shield. A shield guarantees that you will not be um, murdered by a trader. So during one point in the game, Bergalicious, not my Bergalicious, Bergy from Love Island gets a shield. Peter comes up with this brilliant plan to plant a seed of information to three people, Parvati, Dan, and CT, that he had a shield, that he and Trishel got the shield. And he's like, okay, if we come back to breakfast the next morning, because that's when they find out who dies or who may, who's still alive. If we come back to breakfast this morning and Bergie is still here, that means that they tried to kill Bergie because of the information that I leaked, right? So the traders aren't going to go into their little dungeon of doom and say, let's murder Peter because he has a shield and it would just be stupid, right? 
It was a misdirect. So Bergy walks in the next morning. They tried to murder him. It didn't work. So Peter's like, okay, well, now I know that Dan, Poverty, or CT, or are a traitor, or maybe more than one of them are a traitor. So Dan, who was like so good at Big Brother, right, is like really stuck in the thick of a, a trap. And you know, before I move on to Dan, I will say, Former bachelors go on the traders to like be resurrected from the most hated bachelor. Ari was on it last year and like saw him in a totally different light. Peter's on it this year. And I was never a Peter hater, probably because I, um, humble brag, name drop, was on Peter's season for a hot second. Story for another day. Met Peter before the season aired and he was really great. Trying to get him on the podcast and we're like going back and forth. So keep your fingers crossed. Send your T's and P's. But anyways, Dan is out here fighting for his life. He gets to the round table and he knows that his back is up against the wall. And the majority of people are like, okay, it's either Dan or Parv. So Dan gets up there and he says... I haven't been wanting to tell anybody who I think is a traitor because I wanted to be sure. I've been um, watching people's reactions when they come, you know, in for the for breakfast in the morning, and I've been, you know, whatever, analyzing people. And he takes a shot at Phaedra, who was also a traitor. And I think this was his fatal flaw because if Dan had just said poverty, People already suspected that it would have been Parv. So Dan could have just added to the suspicion, but instead he threw it onto Phaedra. Nobody was expecting Phaedra. And so his argument didn't stick because he was the only one that noticed all these things. His evidence was pretty weak. Um, and Kate even calls him out on it. So I feel like if Dan would have went in there and said, I think Parv is a traitor, Peter, I think you're right. This is why. It would have bought him some more time, but I think eventually he would have he would have been found out anyways because he was just bad at the game. But anyways, so then the traders, they're down to two, just Parvati and Phaedra, and they try to recruit Peter to be a trader, which he denied. He was like, I will be a faithful, you know, just really being virtuous in this game, which makes me think that the faithfuls are going to win the game because there's now this click. I call them the click five and not he's just the girl I'm looking for or she's just a girl. Wow. Four songs today. I'm on a roll. I'm on fire. Miami's hot, 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 hot fire. Okay. You guys, I'm on well. I'm on well. Anyways, the click five is Trishel, Bergie, Kevin, Peter, and John. And they're all hot on Parv's tail and Phaedra. Trishel's like the only one that kind of put two and two together. Like, hello, Dan just threw another traitor under the bus. Phaedra is a traitor. But the problem is everybody loves Phaedra so much that they don't want to vote her off. Like, they might very well know that she is a traitor, but they're like, nah, we'll just keep you around. You know, I've been trying to up my deodorant game lately. Of course, I want to smell fresh as a daisy, but I also want it to be good for my skin. Lumi deodorant has been that girl. First of all, it smells amazing. Secondly, it lasts a long time. It's pH optimized and it is seriously skin safe. Lumi has become my go-to. It's a whole body deodorant. You can use it anywhere. Yes, anywhere. Lumi Starter Pack is perfect for new customers. It comes with a solid stick deodorant, cream tube deodorant, 
two free products of your choice like a mini body wash or deodorant wipes and free shipping. As a special offer for my listeners, new customers get $5 off a Lumi starter pack with code POPTALKS at LumiDeodorant.com. That equates to over 40% off your starter pack when you visit LumiDeodorant.com and use code POPTALKS. That's L-U-M-E Deodorant.com and use code POPTALKS. The problem is this last episode ended not with a murder by the traders, but with a who do we like best competition where they all went around and they picked their BFF. And if you got picked and they lit up your torch, you were safe for the night. So there were five vulnerable people to them be murdered by the traders. It was Trishelle, MJ, Berge and Kate, Parvati also, but she's a trader. A trader will not murder themselves. I think it's going to be Berge. I think they have to get rid of Peter's right-hand man, and I think that is Bergie, although Trishel is convinced that it's going to be her. She is fighting on the front lines for her life. They could do like a, a curveball and murder Kate, and I think if they did that, they would be able to say it's one of the five. You know, if they kill Bergie, they're going to be like, okay, the click five are all faithfuls because they're not going to kill off one of their own. But who do I think will win? If you had asked me at the beginning of the season, I would have said Sandra, the queen of Survivor. But I think being left out of the click five is clouding her judgment a little bit because she's just not on the right trail here. I think CT might finish strong. And can I just say CT, still a heartthrob, still a heartthrob after all these years. Um, I think Kevin, who is part of the click and... You know, it's like, there's just so many more predominantly smarter people in front of Kevin, you know, Peter, Bergie, Trishel, that he's low on the threat level, so they're not going to murder him. So he could make it to the end. Same with John. Imagine if John wins. Order. Order. You got to look up the YouTube video of John if you haven't. Um, Peter can't win. He's too visible. But anyways, I'm loving the traders, you guys. If you aren't watching it, you need to. It's on Peacock. Like I said, I'm trying to get Peter on the show. I'm trying to get Parv on the show. So send your T's and P's. Let's wrap things up with some Vanderpump rules. Not a full recap, but just some thoughts on the last episode. I'm basically just going to highlight, you know, the strong points in my opinion. This episode was really about the relationships of the cast where I feel like the whole season has been like that, but this episode more than any other one. So one scene that really stuck out to me was Sandoval and Lisa. This is the first time we're really seeing Lisa. You know, we saw her talking about pumps. Like who cares? Nobody cares about pump really. Sorry. But he sits down, he has a conversation with Lisa and you know, Lisa is telling him what everybody's telling him, have some remorse. So show some sensitivity. And he just immediately like how many times are we going to sit down and listen to MPT and hear Tom Sandoval was too defensive? Like he, it's who he is as a person. He is just so defensive. He cannot take any constructive criticism at all without, but, 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 and then getting enraged, like literally veins popping out of your head, enraged. And it just doesn't do him any good. And I think that he thinks once was enough, you know, because he says to Sheena later in the episode, like, I did apologize. I did. But it's like, dude, that one apology doesn't fit the crime. And, you know, Lisa, Lisa gets a lot of, um, I guess, flack for supporting the boys too much. 
I feel I do feel like Lisa would do that regardless of who it was. Like, let's say the roles were reversed and it was Ariana who made this really bad life decision. I feel like Lisa still would ride for Ariana in the same way that she's riding for Tom. Obviously, she has some sensitivity about um, Tom and his mental state because of what he went through with his brother It's th- or what with her brother. And then it's later shown in that conversation with Schwartz when they're at Vanderpump Dogs, which I get. I mean, Lisa is a mother figure to all of these people. And I feel like she, you know, dealing with that traumatic experience is probably really triggered and she cares. So I, I actually don't blame her for that. I feel like a lot of people are like, oh, Lisa, whatever. I think she does kind of handle them I don't want to say with kid gloves kind of because she tried to like give it to Sandoval, but he just wasn't having it. So like, what is she supposed to do? They are in business together. So really what is she supposed to do? Another interesting dynamic is Sheena and Katie working on their friendship. We're all worried about Sheena being a flip flopper, right? Like we're just kind of sitting and waiting for it to happen. Um, it's alluded to when she's when she invites Tom Schwartz to emo night, and they're like, wh- "Like, why did you have to invite Tom Schwartz?" And she was like, "Well, it's old Sheena feeling bad, leaving somebody out, not including them." But she's working on boundaries. I don't know. I don't know. TBD on Sheena. But the other really big part of this episode was um, Sandoval showing up to Sir, and he walks in and he sits at this quiet table with Kyle Chan and it's like they look like they're on a date like first date kind of nervous tucked away in the corner and Sheena gets up and walks past him right and it's like there was no I don't know if there's any other way to get to the bathroom but like what are the chances that she walks right past that table to get to the bathroom or did they strategically put them in that way so that Sheena would run I don't know I don't know but she like it's very awkward. She tries to walk past me. He just immediately stands up and he's like, Sheena, you know, like a groundhog coming out of the ground. Like, Sheena, are you ready to talk in the back alley of sir? I've seen this beam everywhere, but I just want to agree. It just feels right for people to have confrontations in the back alley of sir. It's like, I don't smoke, but I can imagine that's what it would feel like to like be fiending for a cigarette and finally have one. Like that's, that's where I'm at with the back alley sir confrontations. And, you know, he sits down and he tries to break the ice saying, like, you look like you rode in on Shania Twain's motorcycle or something. But And she's, like, not having it. And I was proud of Sheena in this moment because she's, like, staying strong. She's not following to the, the Sandoval charm. I don't know if you could even call it charm. But, like, typically that's how he gets back in. That's how he breaks the ice, right, is, like, whatever. I don't know. But Sheena then says, you know, I reached out to you after your friend passed away because I have a heart, you know. and while I would do the same as Sheena and I would reach back out, my unpopular opinion, my hot take is I'm with Sandoval on not responding to her. Why would Sandoval respond to Sheena in that moment? It's like, you have a heart. You didn't have a heart five seconds ago when you were trashing me for podcast downloads. It's like a very fine line. And in my opinion, I do think Sheena crossed it. I feel just like, They didn't have to go as hard as they did. Sheena and Lala, especially, I've said it a million times, especially because you know Lala really doesn't have a dog in the fight. Not good friends with Ariana, not best friends with Ariana. 
you know, never really had a relationship with Tom. Sheena, it's like you, she could disguise it as, you know, Ariana is my best friend. So I'm going to talk about it. But like, you know, having Nima on and talking about his fast relationship with Rachel, I need to know if the Neiman podcast is still up. I don't know. I mean, they talked about it a lot. I can imagine it would be getting lots of downloads today. If people were going to go back and listen to it, I didn't listen to it because I agree with Tom at some point. The podcast just got to be too much. It was like, we're over it. This has to stop. Leave something for the show. Tom also does say too, though, something that I agree with where he says, Ariana has been a hundred times less proactively vindictive than Sheena and Lala. He doesn't say Lala, but he's insinuating Lala with the podcast and the merch. And I agree. I agree. Um, I don't know. I feel like too, like I said, we're starting to see, I just don't know where we're going to end up with Sheena. Every time that I see like on the after show or in an interview, I don't know where Sheena and Ariana's relationship stands. Like I know that Sheena went to watch her in Chicago, but then you see a clip on the after show and she's like, yeah, Ariana doesn't respond to my texts, you know? So it's like, it's just a weird space that we're in with Sheena and Ariana. And my last thought on this episode of Vanderpump rules is Tom Sandoval and his confessionals. I feel like his confessionals are ploys to get people back specifically Rachel and Sheena. Two of those, you know, those relationships are severely broken. Rachel has completely cut off communication, you know, didn't reach out to Tom on his birthday. We know now based on our podcast that she really wants nothing to do with them. Is it because of optics? Like Tom said, who knows, but you know, he's in his confessional and he's like, I love her. I miss her. I am worried about her and you know, Rachel's watching it. So I can just imagine the kind of internal turmoil that that is bringing up for her. And the same with Sheena. It's like funny how in the heat of the moment, you know, when this all happened, Tom can say things like, Sheena, we're never really good friends. Like screw you, yada, yada, yada. And then it gets in his confessionals and he's like, I miss my friendship with Sheena. And he's wiping away tears. Sheena already, and I feel for her, I'm not dogging her about this because I'm the same way, like call it easy, easily manipulated. Maybe I am. I don't know. But like, if it was me, if I was in Sheena's position, I was sitting on my couch, baby summer moon's Instagram pulled up, getting ready to post her outfit of the day. And I see my former friend, Tom Sandoval in a green tweed jacket, sitting down, having a confessional, wiping away baby tears saying, I miss my friendship with Sheena. It would affect me. And I can't remember who said it. It might've been Ariana in the after show. Somebody said something along the lines of like, when Sheena hears an explanation of somebody's side of the story, she tends to um, like soften, I guess. And I'm the same way. So I can't say that I blame her, um, but you have to show loyalty to your A1, your number one girl, Ariana. So anyways, that's all for today, 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 new episode of love is blind or not new episode, new season of love is blind came out. Haven't had the chance to watch it yet, but you know, I'm going to get in on it. I'm going to watch it. I'm, you know, I'm stalling. Cause I'm contemplating telling you guys some breaking news and I don't know if I should yet. 
I'm not going to. I'm going to tell you later. You'll find out next week. Um, We're going to have to be doing some scheduling next week. But we'll see. I'm going to build the suspense. Maybe I'll tell you on the Patreon. (laughs) Extra pop. You know you're my girlies. You'll find out soon enough. Okay? Leave a review. A little five-star boop boop. If not, I'll see you next week. And as always, love you like a sis. A Huda Media Production.